Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. There are moments in our life when we are shaped through adversity and challenge. Propelled through turbulent change, we are presented with an opportunity to take wings and soar from a dark place to one of light. I'm Leslie Salem, founder of Over the Bloody Moon, on a mission to take the muddle out of menopause and show the positive side to this time of life. In our podcast, we meet women from all different walks of life and experience to share their tales and tools of transformation. Come join us for the flight. Today's show is called Self-Love Equals Happiness. As women, we're used to putting others' priorities, needs and happiness ahead of our own. So by the time we're in the throes of perimenopause, some of us might feel a little bit frazzled, burnt out, depleted of energy, angry or simply feeling dissatisfied with life. I'm joined today by founder of the School of Self-Love, Katie Phillips, who is here today to explain the importance of self-love and why it's an essential tool and component to helping women thrive through their menopause transition. Katie is going to talk to us about what self-love is, why it's so important, and how to implement it as well as where it can take us. So Katie, this show is very much about sharing our moments in life or lessons learned, perhaps a challenging moment uh, of where we've been in a place of darkness, but ended up learning from that and moving towards a place of light. So I'd like to kick the show off really with you sharing a moment that's kind of, you know, defined you and ending up shaping your, your philosophy and way of being. Yeah, thank you. Um, I, uh, I've got three or four of those uh, very poignant moments, but I'm going to share the one that has greatly influenced the woman I am now and why I came to be doing the work that I'm doing in the world now. And it was when I was in my mid-30s, I was three months out from getting married uh, to the father of my child. We had a two-year-old together at that point. And for multiple reasons, that relationship was unhealthy. And it was, I mean, a lot of people say to me, Katie, that was the most brave thing that you did to leave that relationship with a small child. Genuinely, at the time, it didn't feel remotely brave or courageous. It felt like a survival mode piece. And I, I just, it was a compulsion, like I didn't have a choice. So I just had to get on with it. And... There I was stepping out to ste- stepping out of an unhealthy relationship to to start over. But what did I do? Ten days later, I went straight into another relationship, which was about nine, ten months long, and it was frying pan into fire. And of course, I was going to end up in another relationship straight away because I was a woman that didn't know herself. I was a woman that didn't know her worth or her value without external validation of that. So I'd had a history of my career giving me my external validation. Um, I'd had a hugely adventurous life, like climbing mountains and traveling the world and doing all sorts of amazing things. And that gave me a sense of significance and, and worth. 
I didn't fundamentally know who I was, what I really felt about anything. To be honest, I bottled so much emotion. My mum took her own life when I was 22. Oh, so I'm so sorry to hear that. Thank you. And That's it, just really difficult. It really was. And, and I can see now, I mean, the perspective I have now when I look back at that, it was a gift, actually. It was a beautiful gift. Uh, it was the making of me ultimately. But in the beginning, and no wonder I ended up in unhealthy relationships that were codependent and full of drama and, and so on, because I was living as a victim in my life. Like, there was obviously going to be circumstances leading up to mum's suicide. And then when she did commit suicide, then it, it, was, it kind of solidified everything for me. It was like, Katie, you're unlucky in life. It's not going to happen for you. It's going to be tough. My anxiety kicked in. My own depression kicked in. Um, I, I, you know, my sense of self was blur, very blurry. So I, I ended up in another relationship suffering incredible anxiety. And I found myself one day, and this was the absolute pivotal moment, and it was the most frightening moment of my life and yet the most like utterly life-changing because I'd had yet another fight with the boyfriend and this time it was absolutely over and I had to move out and I had I didn't own a car, I had no money in the bank, I didn't have a job and I got myself in a position of being utterly dependent on this person and I had to go find somewhere to live and start over again and with my little now three-year-old in tow and I was petrified and I remember I drew the blinds in the middle of the day it was about one o'clock in the afternoon I took Valium and I got under the covers and I sobbed my heart out and I genuinely thought this is it for me I mean I it's I I, I can't even explain the terror and the pain and the heartbreak and just how lost and alone in the world I felt. And I was a high functioning person, by the way, you know, and bright and bubbly. And nobody knew that behind the scenes I had anxiety and depression. I don't even think I really knew. I just, it was just normal for me. I kind of didn't know any other way. And then I just sort of had this moment of realization that the position I was in, in that bedroom, was the exact same position my mom was in the day she chose to end her life. She had just broken up with her boyfriend. She had to find somewhere to live. It was, it was like... You'd stepped it, into her shoes. I totally stepped into her shoes. And yet I'd lived the last decade trying everything in my power to not be like mom. Yeah. But it's like whatever we focus on is what we're creating. So even though I was trying not to end up depressed, anxious, overwhelmed, suicidal, there I was. And it just occurred to me, oh, my God, Katie, you're a con like I didn't have this exact language then, but it was something like you're a puppet to your conditioning. Mm -hmm. Like you just learned how to do life this one way. And I learned from mum how to be codependent. I learned how to be a people pleaser. I learned how to not put myself first. And I realized I had to learn a different way. And I had no freaking clue where to begin. But it was just this moment of this kind of fire lit in my belly. To be fair, it was a little fire because I was really in the dark depths of it. But there was a little something, this little cinder kind of came to life. And I was like, I just have to find a different way of doing life. And it is in those 
really dark moments that we get the deepest insight. Uh, sometimes you really have to be, don't you, sort of on on the floor. Yeah. And uh, and actually, there's something quite powerful to connect and that awareness and, and where that that leads to. Yeah. Um, but it's it's obviously um, from very very tragic sort of you know circumstances uh, must have been incredibly challenging for you. Yeah, it was. It was, and. Um... And yet we all have this resilience within us. I really believe that. We, we all have this strength. And, and I genuinely, I have come to believe, so there I was living as a victim to life for all those years. And now I've come to believe that life isn't happening to us. It is happening for us. And I, and I have a, I, I, you know, I went on to have a huge spiritual awakening on the back of that and going on a huge personal development journey. And I now know, like it's fact, that life is designed to support us. Life is holding us. Life, God, the universe, source, whatever your language is, actually wants us, desires us, is, is cheering us on from the sidelines to be who we came here to be. And we have to choose that and, and trust that. And yeah, that's the journey I then went on. And, and I love that word choice mm. because often we can feel stuck, can't we? We have these, uh, as you say, learnt behavior, limiting beliefs. Mm. And when we learn that they are just make believe, fantasy, yeah. think constructs that we yeah. just put there, but like every building, you know, it yeah. can be undone and manipulated and, yeah. and moved. Um, but it obviously takes a huge amount of effort, a huge amount of insight, and, and it would be really difficult to know where to start. So I can't wait to hear the next part of your journey, but let's now come to how you set up the School of Self-Love. I, I love the name as well. So tell us more about what you do and what you teach. I never expected that I was going to be working in this world. I mean, I, I worked in corporate, I worked in PR, I worked in advertising, and I genuinely would have been so cynical and laughed at somebody like me now. Like, here I am, I've, I've written a, a personal development book, you know, I've got the podcast, I now coach and teach and speak on this subject. And I'm hugely evangelical about how you can, you know, change your mindset and create the life that you desire that, you know, all this good juicy stuff. So it was never my intention. But I really believe that we all come here with a purpose, whatever that is. And I and I feel life gives us experience along the way to shine a light on what that is going to be. And for me, I could look back on all sorts of life experiences I've had that are incredibly tragic and, you know, with, with sadness and guilt and regret. And, and yet I've, I now I've learned how to use them to fuel something of great purpose. And the school of self-love, you know, well, of, of course it was going to be the school of self-love. I had to learn to love myself. And so, you know, from that day on the floor to then becoming a coach, you know, I, like you said, choice is a powerful word. I chose to find a different way. And then I believe that when we energetically choose, and it's not just a mental piece, it's like it's a full body, it's like a soul choice. It's like, I'm going to find a different way. And then something larger than us comes in and guides our way. So like I was kind of taken on my own journey. And I think part of my way was because I'm a huge believer and I understand now that we teach what we need to learn. So of course I was gonna 
somehow be guided to becoming a coach, creating the school of self-love, showing others what I had to learn for myself. Um, And of course, at the School of Self-Love, we teach and show and guide women how to overcome their victim archetype, how to quit people-pleasing and codependency, how to live transformationally. Maybe we can talk a little bit about that. How to heal their inner child. You know, so for me, because for me, self-love isn't, it's not just a massage and a nice hot bath and it's like deep transformational work. It's mindset. It's healing your heart. It's healing the wounds of the the, the little girl. That's that is self love. To me, self love is fierce. So let's talk a little bit more about self love and why it's so important for women, particularly as they're transitioning through menopause. Oh yeah, well, because <laughs> menopause is. I mean, you kind of don't have a choice but to listen. It, like your body is absolutely lit. do you know what I mean yeah. like <laughs> you have no choice you have no choice your body is literally saying to you you cannot keep pushing your body through life any longer you need to learn to be kind to your body you need to learn to listen to your body you need to start to notice what you need you know we we feel our thinking so when you're in perimenopause you've got all sorts of physical stuff going on, which can be, I mean, it's different for every woman, as we know. Um, We've got all sorts of physical stuff going on that can feel really uncomfortable, but then you're feeling your mindset on top of that. Exactly. It's it's when you, the conflict happens when you are trying to resist the listening, trying to listen, you know, not listen to the voice um, and not shift. So kind of acceptance is so key, isn't it, to to self-love, I think, as well. Yeah. I mean, when I realized I was in perimenopause, because I didn't even know what the word perimenopause was, I just met my boyfriend. We just moved in together. This is the guy I'm now married to. And I started getting hot sweats and having to sleep in a towel. So unsexy when, you know, I've been <laughs> yeah. wait, I've been waiting like eight years to meet my man. And there I was wrapped in towels at night, sweating and not understanding what was going on. And how the anxiety returned for me. And I realized it was hormonal. Mm. And then I realized that that was probably going on for my mom because she took her life at 49. She tried when she was 45. And at the time, she wasn't treated for... No one mentioned perimenopause. She was given anti-anxiety and tranquilizers and antidepressants. If you look globally at the suicide stats, it it is 45 to 49 is the greatest peak, Um, as is actually the the breakdown in relationships is extends to 54 years of age. So there's no coincidence, is there, that all of these huge kind of things that are happening um, and not being aware of it is, is, is really alarming. Totally. And there I was thinking I was the expert at self-love and self-care and, and, and personal growth and healing. And then I was chucked into this abyss of not understanding and feeling actually really quite out of control. And it was my hormones. And, and so, you know, I speak to transformational living and the first step to transformational living is awareness. So I had to, I really had to work my tools in a new way. And the awareness was like gathering information. You know, someone said, maybe you're in perimenopause. Oh, what's perimenopause? So awareness, I started Googling and 
uh, trying to understand what this thing was. So, of course, me being me, I go and create an interview series and interview 20 experts from around the world so that I could understand what perimenopause was and get the tips and tools to start to, to manage it for myself. Um, the next step to uh, transformational living is is emotional expression. So when I, I had this awareness that I was going through a change, my, my body was going through a change, it was affecting me emotionally and mentally. And I was allowed to then feel my feelings around that. Like it, it became my daily practice to go for a walk every morning. And thankfully, I live in the countryside. So I would go for a big stomp every morning for a solid hour at least. It was like this daily process of allowing the emotion to move through and out, through and out, through and out, because we're in such a habit of bottling. You know, it's scary. And every morning I woke up feeling pretty horrible and sweaty. I had acne again. I'm like, mm -hmm. oh my God. And I've just met the guy, you know, like I was just exploding. But every day I took myself on that walk and then I'd come back and I could then show up for my clients and I would be okay for the rest of the day. But I had to really be there for me and allow myself to feel all that I felt. Exactly. It's coming into yourself. There's something very, you know, that, that um, entwined connection between physical and emotion, but also yeah. release, as you're saying. It's yeah. kind of, you know, not holding on to it, letting it go. Absolutely. Yeah. And the third stage in transformational living is forgiveness. So, you know, it was a daily practice to forgive myself for not being perfect. I had to work that every day. I mean, it was a practice. Mm. To us humans, that doesn't come very naturally. I really believe we have to practice the self-kindness and self-compassion. Yeah, we're wired, aren't we, to be much more critical of ourselves um, yeah. and negative. So it feels very counterintuitive. So you're right, with practice, uh, you know, we, we perfect that more. Yeah, yeah, totally. So it's really, so awareness, emotional expression, forgiveness, they're kind of the three key pillars, I believe, mm -hmm. to self-love. When you're in a situation of almost paralysis and fear, what words of wisdom have you got to encourage women to take that, that first step? How, how do you actually go about that? So step one would be to acknowledge that there's a part of you that is in paralysis and fear. Mm -hmm. To really, really acknowledge and love that part of you. Because our habit is to say, don't be so stupid. I don't have time for that can't believe I'm feeling that it's ridiculous. I'm in my 40s. What? I'm scared. You know, like we just, we judge the feeling, we make it bad. Or even worse, we just pay it no attention. And we kind of walk around wondering why we're anxious and overwhelmed. And we haven't even acknowledged, I, I, I'm actually just really scared. And, and that's okay. So it's about just acknowledging, do you know what? I'm scared. I feel paralyzed. I don't know where to begin. I mean, that right there, that's true self-love. Because mm, mm, self-love mm. really does invite us to acknowledge and accept, kind of just really like give a big hug, bring in all the parts of you. It takes a huge amount of, of courage, doesn't it, to admit that life or you needs a bit of work because that's the thing that happens next is when you yeah. acknowledge that things aren't quite right you're gonna have yeah. to make some changes to to get to your ideal yeah yeah but through acknowledging that you're terrified it just it, it's very calming it's a way of self-soothing 
suddenly when, when you say, do you know what? I'm scared. I'm paralyzed. I don't know what to do. You're in your power because as you, as you soothe that part of you and have understanding and compassion for that part of you, because you might even have a little bit of a conversation, part of you say, I'm scared. And then you say, I hear you. I understand. Let me know why you're scared. Well, I'm scared because of this, 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 and that might happen. And that might happen. I hear you. That makes sense. Of mm. course, you'd be scared. Let's check that out. Let's look at the fear. The coach in me would then say, well, is that true? You'd look at every line every fear story that you're telling yourself and you say, is that true? How can you know 100% for sure that that is fact? Usually you can't. So then it's a, it's a mindset piece. What else could be true? And you start moving into your power and then you get to a place of being able to take action, but empowered action from a place where you're bringing all of you to the table. You're mm. not ignoring a part of you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so the, the, there's that curiosity as well, and and also an element of having to to detach yourself. You know, it's like having an outer body experience. Um, yeah. And you know, what what would your friends say? Um, and, and actually, it's also quite helpful to go and ask other people, friends, loved ones, family. You know, what's your perception? Because sometimes we're so stuck, aren't we, yeah. um, with our own filtered way of seeing things that we yeah. we need external sort of perceptions if uh, we're catastrophizing or, or being overly yes. critical. Totally. And there's a, there's a fine line there as well, because there's that piece where everyone's going to have an opinion. So it can, it can be really helpful, but you've got, <laughs> I feel like you kind of got to do it from a perspective of listen to what everyone has to say and then make up my own mind. Because like often people are projecting their own fears on yeah, you. Yeah, no, it's true. It's true. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, yeah, coming, coming back, I suppose, to that, that inner voice, but recognizing that, it, yeah you know, not to be too harsh on oneself. Yeah. Let's talk now about how, how your life has really changed since you've practiced self-love. What have you learned? Oh my goodness. Where do I begin? Well, I don't suffer anxiety anymore. Wow. And yeah. That's I, amazing. It is amazing. So that's gone, which is fantastic. I have my low days. And this is, again, this is a self-awareness, a self-loving, supportive piece. I know certain times of the month, when I am going to be low. But I back myself and I trust myself and I, I have the tools to move me through. Um, I'm not frightened to feel my feelings anymore. And that's huge. In fact, I celebrate all my whole emotional range. I know my emotional range. That's very liberating and empowering. You know, I, and I worked really, really hard to get here. You know, like I've really done the inner work and I continue to. I've got a private coach now. Like I am human, and I and I call it transformational amnesia, where we 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 have those days, times, where we're like we kind of forget everything we've learned, everything we've overcome, everything we've achieved, and and we feel like we're taking ten steps backwards. And right there is when we have to fiercely love ourselves, and mm-hmm. I have to fiercely love myself, work my tools, and bring myself back and remembering the truth of who I am um and it's only my humanness and my ego and my limiting beliefs and so on that get in the way of that so I'm, I'm always practicing uh to clear the path to be connected to source as you're talking 
I really get a sense of of the the personal growth is is something that will continue forever. Right. That that's what kind of motivates us, isn't it? And kind of you know ke- keeps us going. Um, I suppose there's there's also that that fine line coming back to what you were saying around compassion is on those days where we are challenged or we're not following the new rules that that may serve us better um it, it's being kind to ourselves and, and also recognizing that perfection is just an ideal um and uh, you know there, there is an acceptance as well as yeah. much as we grow that doesn't mean that we're always going to be best and that sometimes you know enough is good enough yeah i mean honestly with all i just said i i was also saying to my sister the other day i was like honestly I swear there's maybe seven days of every month that I feel really amazing. And then the other three weeks, I'm ebbing and flowing and having to bring in huge amounts of compassion and kindness and tenderness and just really being there with me because I am a human and I am utterly imperfect. Yeah. You know, but generally, when you look at the general picture, it's life now is unrecognizable to before I started this work. Amazing, amazing. So inspiring. Um, thank you for, for, for sharing your, your story. I just want to touch on self-love and, and where that leads in terms of loving others or, or finding love, because I know that you, you have a bit to say on that. I've got a lot to say on that. Um, this, is, this is my huge passion now. So the School of Self-Love has been evolving the last 10 years and at And now there's a a real focus towards helping single women call in their soulmates. And in particular, there's a a real focus in helping women over 40. Women who feel like maybe they had their big love and it ended and then it can't happen again. Or maybe they've never found it and so now it must be too late. Um, Or, yeah, the the marriage failed and that was part two and can I do it again? Surely I've missed the boat. That, That kind of feeling, which was my experience, you know, after... I ended my relationship, then the next disastrous one. I was single for eight years. And that was when I really was diving deep into into my spiritual growth and and my Mm. healing. You know, I knew the kind of guy I wanted to be with. He was going to be gorgeous and and cool and loving his work. And he was emotionally available and intellectually stimulating. But then you've got to ask yourself, well, how are you showing up as that person? And do you feel like that? Like, are you emotionally really there for yourself? If you want someone that has compassion and understanding for you, do you have that for yourself first? Because everything is energy. Are you the vibrational match to that? So so really the work is becoming and preparing yourself to be the vibrational match for him. Mm. I'm just going back to something you said earlier about um, when you first met and, you know, you're getting your night sweats and and acne and all of that. So, I mean, you know, that's a new relationship. How how did you deal with 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 that yeah so so part of it's a really good question because it was like how unfair I finally met him and now I'm a total state you know (laughs) um yeah um I wanted an emotionally available man right I wanted a guy that understood me and so thankfully that's what I called in and um I dealt with that by being super vulnerable and and I have part of you know, part of self-love is learning to be vulnerable with yourself and then 
developing a, a confidence because it really is something to practice. It takes practice to be vulnerable, I really believe. And yeah, I, I actually, I'd never been able to be vulnerable with a man before like I am now with James. So in those early days, I was really called to step up my practice of being vulnerable and actually being able to sit with him and share how I was feeling, how confused I was, how ugly I felt, like all things. And and I was able to share with him what I was trying to do to move through it. And um, and so communication became really important for us both to feel safe, actually, for us both to understand what I was moving through. So huge communication, huge vulnerability and honesty from me. And that's the thing, you know, when we meet the person, you desire to meet the person. Then when you meet the person, you're doing all this work to, to call him in. And then it really steps up. It's like, OK, you really love yourself. Love yourself through this while someone's witnessing it, while yeah. it's affecting that person. And and you were you're being yourself completely authentic, not trying to be something you you want someone to to love. So it's all kind of bare. This is this is me. Accept it, or you know. Yeah. yeah. Um, the way that you talk as well, you're incredibly um, articulate around your emotions and that labelling of emotions. So I suspect mm. in communication as well that that can be really helpful in a partnership to really vocalise how how one's feeling. Yeah, it is. I. I but then I have also learned that I can go to James and say, I want to share how I'm feeling and I don't have words for it. And I, I have some words, but getting to the place of really articulating it just requires me to allow myself to be messy and imperfect with him as I'm trying to explain how I'm feeling. Mm. Um, and in the first instance, I don't always have the answer straight away. And so I've come to know myself enough to be able to say, do you know what? I don't really know right now. I just need to take a bit of time and I'll probably go journal or go for a walk or whatever. And, and when I can communicate to you, I'm going to come back and share with you. But I need some time to, you know, feel into that and figure that out for myself. Yeah, amazing. Well, we always finish with a final question, which is what is your secret to feeling over the bloody moon about life? My secret to feeling over the bloody moon is to only do what feels good for me. And I have learned to check in with myself every single day and multiple times a day and ask myself, how do I feel and what do I need? And to work in a way that's in flow with that to work in a way that honours my hormones throughout the month, especially now I'm in perimenopause. I look at my to-do list and I ask myself, what would feel good to do today? And I do that. I don't force myself or push myself through anything from a place of fear and scarcity. I, I tap into an abundant energy and choose to love myself enough to show up in the world in a way that feels good for me. And that is non-negotiable. Fantastic. Well, we've, we've covered so much ground <laughs> today. Um, I think, you know, just to sum up my, my key takeouts um, from, from our conversation together um, is, is that it is a journey. Life is a journey. Mm -hmm. um, it ebbs and flows. Sometimes we have good days. Sometimes we don't. That is the, the imperfection of, of life and learning to kind of, you know, accept that. Um, but the power of self-love is about acknowledging 
what isn't working for you and then moving forward and to kind of continue to embrace that in a, in a loving, kind, compassionate way um, uh, through awareness, as you said, the emotional expression, um, you know, forgiveness of you and, and others. And with that comes courage uh, in revealing vulnerability and, and also authenticity because, you know, we're, we're discovering all the time we're connected, we're tuned in, and we're allowing that to shine with others so we can really be comfortable in our in our own skin. So thank you so much for joining me today. It's been an absolute pleasure, Katie. Pleasure. Thank you so much for having me. I love these chats. Mm-hmm.